Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome. You're listening to a day of prayer's morning Bible study. My name is LaCharles and we're so glad she could join us. However, before we get into the word, let's open up in prayer. Lord, we just thank you for today, Lord, and we just thank you for the joy and the life that you have placed inside of us, Lord, that it is a delight to be in your presence, Lord, and it is a delight to do your will. Mm -hmm. And Lord, we also just thank you that you have given us your Holy Spirit, Lord, to lead us and guide us, Lord, and to give us greater understanding on what you're saying to us through the scripture, Lord, and what you're speaking to us as well, Lord. Mm -hmm. And we just thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' almighty amen. name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We're so glad to have you with us as we get into the Word. And this morning we are continuing our study in the book of Hebrews. We're in chapter 9, and we'll be covering verses 23 through 28. So I want to encourage you, whether you're joining us for the first time or you're rejoining us, to pause the episode and take a moment to read through that section of Scripture just to make it easier to follow along in the discussion. Amen. 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 All right. And at this time, we are going to open up the floor and give each of you the opportunity to share what Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and ask any questions that you have. So who'd like to begin? I would. All right, Layla. I'd like to go back for just a second and look at or discuss the Messiah and how the Israel, the Israelites, the religious leaders of the day thought the Messiah would be this hulking beast swinging a sword to get rid of the Roman occupiers. They thought that the Messiah was going to deliver them from their natural captors, which was contrary to what the Lord was doing at that time. It was different. So the Lord Jesus did come and remove the occupying force from Israel. That would have been the adversary and the people following him so he did come and do what he was saying what he said he would do they just misunderstood it and so kind of fast forwarding a little bit we read in let's see i think it's matthew chapter 10 um and i'll just read verses 34 through 39 just real quick and i'll explain it afterwards do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. And so what the Lord was showing me about this, and then I'll link it to what we're discussing in Hebrews, the peace, what the what he was talking about, Jesus and the religious leaders, was also different, just like how they thought the Messiah was going to come and get rid of the Romans. Mm -hmm. They were thinking when the, when the Romans were put out of Israel, they would be quiet. That's different than peace. And when I say peace, I'm also referring to shalom, which means everything is where it's supposed to be. Everything is working the way it's supposed to be working. And there is nothing that is causing delay or hindrance or um, issue in another area of the life or the, or the body, for an example. So 
Jesus didn't come to bring quiet. He did bring peace. And the only way for him to bring the shalom is to bring that sword. He had to cut away the sin, cut away the religious ideas, cut away our own thoughts, ideas, attitudes, poor behaviors that were hindering us and keeping us back from the father. Just like sometimes um, we have surgeries performed to cut tendons off of arteries that are restricting it. So the blood can't go to the limit supposed to. So the doctors have to come in and cut away the tendons so that the artery opens up and the blood is able to flow freely and all the limbs stay attached to the body. The Lord Jesus was doing the same thing. He came um, and this is linking to Hebrews. He came the first time to cut away the tendons, if we could look at it that way, to get away, to cut away the sin and offer us redemption and freedom so that we're able to choose the Lord and we could be refined, purified, cleansed and return to his um, to the heavenly community if that's what we chose. Mm-hmm. And continuing on in Matthew chapter 10, looking at the father in law, and the mother in law and that that dynamic he wasn't setting somebody up to cause trouble he wasn't creating mischief but what he was saying was because of who he is and the decision that you'd have to make to follow him that would already cause its own um separation separation and Mm -hmm. resistance especially when the other people that you're surrounded by don't want a relationship with the lord and It's not your fault per se. You can't change their heart and make them believe in the Lord Jesus. But because you do, the adversary automatically resists that. He's going to because that's just who he is and what he does. So when he came to to bring life in the gospel, already there was separation and resistance. And that's a good thing because we see, as you mentioned in the last episode, Mommy, Dad, and Latrons about the heavenly community, there's not going to be a thing in there that causes sin or a Mm -hmm. lie. Everything will be separated. Amen to that. And um, you can read about the parable later in Matthew and also in Mark about the tares and the wheat. Mm-hmm. And the angels, The at the end of the parable, the Lord Jesus said the angels were going to separate them at the mm-hmm. end of the time. And mm-hmm. the tares would be burned and they would flow away on the wind like chaff. So there is separation and it's good that the separation is there. Well, well the Lord also tells us constantly to separate or sanctify yourselves from the world <clears throat> excuse me to the lord right yes but there's there's the other aspect of this cuz in in what paul is writing about here or or the lord through paul is saying is he's talking about the sacrifice that is or christ gave right but and what you're saying, you're also getting a little bit ahead of where we're at. You're you're kind of talking about what's in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 5 through 7, right? Where that goes back to Psalms uh, 40, <clears throat> 6 through 8, where he says, Sacrifice an offering you did not desire, but a body you've prepared for me, and burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you have no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come in the volume, or some versions say in the scroll of the book, it is written of me, to do your will, O God, right? So it's easy to mistake how the Lord came. He Make no mistake, he is coming again as a warrior, right? Which is uh, we're, what we're discussing here in Hebrews 9, 28. He'll appear a second time apart from sin for salvation as a deliverance of his people, rescuing them 
if you will, from the environment that they are in and bring them, restoring them back to the heavenly community, his people, those that have set themselves apart. But even though he says sacrifice and offering you did not desire, the Lord was in fact our sacrifice to redeem us from death, sin, and the curse. So yes, all those things that you were talking about absolutely did also happen. There is a removal of things, of religious teaching, of ideologies and and whatnot that were apart from how the Lord meant for it from the beginning. But he always meant for us to make that choice for him. He always meant for us to remove the things in our life that are stopping or impeding us, or we usually say in this household, uproot those things from your life which don't reflect the Lord's nature, character, and attributes in your life or preventing them. Right? Yes. Because we're called to be conformed to his image. So, in that, yes, while the Lord didn't delight in sacrifice, which is why he also, and we talked about this in the last episode, says multiple times, if you knew what this meant, obedience is better than sacrifice. But yet a sacrifice was still required. Again, it was always pointing to Jesus as this is who he is and what he is going to do for us. Although he also demonstrated in his entire life what it looks like to do the will of the Lord. What true obedience to the Father looks like. That's why he was the Passover lamb or the lamb slain before the foundation of the world, right? Without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. He was perfect. He was without sin. So he's the only one that could be that sacrifice for us to redeem us. So there's, there's, if you will, two aspects there that we need to understand them both. Okay? Houston? So please continue. Um. And, Dad, you explained it quite nicely, the second part of what I wanted to bring up. Um, so the first time he came to get rid of sin, that was the the first appearance of Christ when he was, you know, a man. And then here in Hebrews, he'll appear a second time apart from sin. So that means he's not coming to deal with sin again, but for salvation. So that means uh, back to the example of the wheat and the tares, he's coming to gather his people together. And to make that final separation, all the adversary and those who want to follow him will be in the lake of fire and that'll be sealed up for forever. And the rest of us that choose to be the Lord's son or daughter, we will be reunited with our father back in the heavenly community for eternity. And that will be sealed up. So, um, again, back to Revelation, nothing that causes a liar sin will enter into there. So we see that final separation both naturally and spiritually, and that will be completed. And, well, that's what the Lord wants us to take away from that. Amen. I loved your example, Lila, of when you're talking about how he came originally to remove the things that were not of him, as we can see, that he wasn't just interested in removing the sin, meaning that what was blatant in your face, but he was also interested in removing the things, and we talked about this in the previous episode, like with the sacrifices. They weren't wrong in themselves. He gave them what was good. Mm-hmm. But it became a snare to them because of how they perceived it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's So something, um, you and dad may give us something good, but what we do with it can turn it to something that's not so good. 
mm-hmm. and that needs to be addressed. And that's what we see here. Most people think of it as he's doing dealing with the sin, just the sin, meaning that all the things that he says you cannot do, that's it. But as long as he gave it to me and I go misuse it, that's all right because it's quote unquote not sin. But we have to understand that what he's truly referring to is making sure, yes, Ma, I know you're going to say that anything that's not in line with God is sin. That's not what I was going to say, honey. (laughs) (laughs) And just understanding that what the Lord means by that is that um, he's walked me through phases, meaning that he may have told me to do one thing and then he tells me to do something Mm -hmm. that would seem like the total opposite of what he told me to do beforehand. So I became obedient to him instead of getting in a rut of, this is what we do, Lord, and this is how I do it. Mm -hmm. So I just want to say this. The Lord made it very clear when he came in his earthly ministry that sin begins in the heart. Yes. Sin is actually a heart issue and a heart, how you feel about and relate to God. That's where sin comes from, right? Then he talked about adultery and he talked about murder beginning in the heart. So if it, if it's the same for those two, then it's the same for everything else. And then, um, was it James tells us later, where do all these other ungodly things come from? It's an internal inconsistency in the heart of that person that draws up all these things. So the Lord did come to deal with sin, but he came to deal with the heart of man and how it related to God in order to deliver them so that they were able to resist sin and able to see him in a way more clearly that they didn't desire to partake in Mm. sin and know that they have a route and freedom in Christ Jesus. Now they could have had, they could have done this the entire time, right? They could have lived righteously. They could have loved God the entire time, but his blood is significant. And that's what brings us and draws us near to the father eternally forever and provides that solid pathway it's still necessary even though people prior to christ shedding his blood were righteous they still needed the blood applied to their life as well so that's what i was going to say sin is a heart matter and he told us that sin starts in the heart yes and as you're speaking mommy you mentioned that is um inside of the heart but we also have to realize that but did you say but i did (laughs) not but yes but negates what preceded it sir okay So we have to understand that while the Lord did come to cut away the sin, we eventually have to cut away ourselves. If you think about it before, um, in our quote unquote olden days, when they had wooden ships, they (laughs) would grapple ships together to fight with them. That's how they fought. They didn't Mm -hmm. have cannons. So they would send a line over and bring them together so they can go and fight. Mm -hmm. So while the pirate ship may eventually cut off ties, the ship that was being attacked had to cut off it as well if they wanted to escape. Mm -hmm. It came down to both of them cutting it, cutting the tie, meaning Mm -hmm. that they both sent grapples over so they can both fight each other. Well, Mm -hmm. even if only one cut away those ties, those those ropes, those cords, right, that had them bound, it's going to separate from the other one. If they cut all of them. Mm -hmm. I mean, if they cut their lines, the ones they sent over. No, no, no. Here's here's the big thing. In our walk with God, there's a God part and there's a human part because this is a relationship and we are free moral agents. So God did his part. He sent his son. And not only did he send his son to provide the pathway to be the sinless, spotless lamb, he also sent instructions. He sent preachers. He sent teachers. He sent the Holy Spirit predominantly mm-hmm. working through those teachers and preachers to expound and 
elaborate on what God has done so everyone could have an opportunity to come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And even though he's done all that, it does not negate the human's responsibility and obligation to choose to be liberated from sin, to choose to be separated from sin and drawn near to God. So even though Christ died, there are still people who will go to hell. Even though his blood has been placed on the mercy seat, even though the pathway is provided, even though his arms are open to everyone, even though he loves them and he does not want them to perish, there were still going to be people who choose to perish. Even though he preached the gospel to people in hell when he went there and many were liberated, there still were some who remained because that was their decision. And he does not supplant the right and the opportunity for each human being to make their choice, whether it be for him or against him. So the human obligation yet remains. Although the works were finished before the foundation of the world, although the blood has been applied to the mercy seat, although God loves them, although he wants them, although he's waiting for them, the obligation remains to the human to offer their obedience, their acceptance of what the Lord has provided and to receive it and do the work that's for them to do because God made it that way. And if that requires resistance, then that's, that means resistance, right? Submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee. Mm -hmm. Your example of uh, olden days, pirate ships and, and the like, right? If two forces are going at each other, right? Then they're eventually at some point going to get close. But what typically happens are both forces going at each other or is it one trying to attack the other? And then one has to deal with the attack. Mm -hmm. So if the enemy is trying to attack and get his cords in you to bind you, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't also have cords going and attaching me to the enemy, mm -hmm. right? That wouldn't make any sense in warfare and combat or any of those things. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> then all I need to do is sever those cords, mm -hmm. those ropes, right? From the, from the pirate ship or whatever the case is in your example, right? Uh, there's only one set. But I have to do that. Mm -hmm. And stand your ground. Exactly. And then navigate your boat away from theirs. Right? Yes. Let okay. me clarify my uh, example. No, no, no. It's There's, okay, honey. It's okay. I, I just clarified it, sir. Yeah, it's okay. I, it, I just clarified I, uh, it. I like the example that you brought up about the It's ships. a good example. It's just remembering that the adversary, the devil, is looking for those whom he may devour. And until Christ came, it was not widely known that they were free. And so that's also what he did when he brought the sword to cut away sin, if you will, it meant to open their eyes to go, Hey, I don't have to be subject to this exactly. because he's never forced sin out of anybody's life. That's contrary to his nature because he said, you have a free will. And if I force sin out of your life, you don't have a chance, a choice. He can, and if like, you say that's your friend and I drive your friends from you, what choice did you have? Actually, you will hate God. Exactly. Because of that. Correct. Yes. Anyone would. You can only serve two ma one master, right? You cannot serve two. You're going to love one and hate the other. And even though, so God made the garden perfect, right? Yes. There was nothing in it. God didn't put anything in there that was wicked, that was sinful, none of that. But yet, man and woman still turned it or entered into sin. Why? Because that was their choice. Correct. Yes. God made it good, just like your example of we do good things for you guys. And then if you twist it and manipulate it, it becomes something wrong. But the initial gift was not bad. The initial gift was good. So mm -hmm. we do have our obligation to choose 
who we will serve. And the separating that you were talking about, Layla, is the separating of two kingdoms. Two kingdoms were divided in Genesis. Once Lucifer decided he didn't want to serve God anymore and he became Satan, they were divided. And now it's a matter of which category are you going to choose? Oh, human. Oh, human. Make your choice. God mm-hmm. provided the pathway as he always has. And the pattern example showing us mm-hmm. what serving the Lord looks like. Teaching us, showing us, guiding us, leading us. Um, admonishing us, encouraging us, petitioning us, you name it. God has done everything that he is required to do. It's our responsibility to receive it. Absolutely. Well, let's pause there for today. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Charles. Lord, we just thank you for today, Lord. We just thank you for all the wisdom that you provided for us, Lord, that you have both un- unlocked our understanding of what you're saying to us lord but that you have also revealed to us what you truly meant by these scriptures lord Mm -hmm. and lord we also just thank you that you do so willingly lord that you don't withhold it from us lord but that Mm -hmm. you love it when we come to you asking to understand what you truly meant for it lord Mm -hmm. and lord we just thank you that we have this word to begin with lord that we have an opportunity to learn more about you lord lord and we just thank you for all these things in Jesus' name amen in Jesus' amen. almighty name, amen. And amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.